Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli Yes, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is absolutely targeting Trump supporters. Exclusive story in Newsweek by William Arkin. Thanks to Road Warrior for sending it our way. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major major civil disturbances is so great, it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. The deep state, the federal leviathan, the swamp, whatever you want to call it. Let me explain something to you you know this and i don't mean that to be in a pedantic sort of a put down way i'm just saying that's my italian way of saying it like let me tell you how it is the swamp loves to eat and the bureaucracy runs this freaking country and they know what to do because these people have been there for years and decades and they have infiltrated every single agency you know i love my superhero analogies when captain america says and captain america The Winter Soldier, S.H.I.E.L.D., HYDRA, it all goes. It all goes because they had infiltrated every single agency there. All the good guys who were supposed to protect us. Well, that's what happened with the executive branch of government, including the good guys who were supposed to protect us. The NSA, the CIA, the FBI, etc., etc. And three-letter agencies with bureaucrats, the EPA, the ATF, all these different agencies with unlimited power. Now, hopefully the United States Supreme Court will completely shoot this all down when it is handed a case regarding guys on fishing boats and the Chevron deference doctrine. But we can't rely on the Supreme Court here. What we need to do is we need to win the presidency and then have them go in there and restore the balance of power in the executive branch of government to the president. I know it sounds crazy. But you see, the Constitution of the United States of America says the executive is vested in a president of the United States, not a president and a bunch of bureaucrats, not a president and a bunch of secretaries and independent agencies and cabinet officials, the president. Every single thing that happens in the executive branch is supposed to be what the president wants. There's no such thing as an independent agency if it's part of the executive branch of government. It's part of the executive But unfortunately, what you have is you have bureaucrats who are specifically there to undermine the president. That's what they're there for. And they laugh. They scoff when these people get elected. Conservatives get elected. Conservative secretaries come into an agency and say, we're going to reform the way we do things. These bureaucrats sit back and laugh and go, I've been there longer than you. I'll outlast you. I'm not worried about it. And they do whatever they want. And Congress does not make laws. The executive makes laws. Because we are so upside down in this country, the executive does something called promulgating rules. They make up a rule. 
like banning gas stoves, for example. They publish it in the Federal Register. There's a comment period. They don't give a damn about your comments. They've already decided what they're going to do. Then the rule becomes official, and that rule has the weight of law, including with fines and even potential prison time if you violate that rule. Now, in the old days, we'd call that a law, but we don't pass laws anymore. The executive passes rules, which are laws. Congress does nothing. Now, the Oversight Committee and the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government and the House Select Subcommittee on the Origins of COVID, they're doing great things. Great things. But beyond that, the only real power Congress has is the power of the purse. And the power of the purse, they're afraid to use it. They could, but they're afraid because they want to be called Mr. Nice Guy. You know, guys like Kevin McCarthy, who would, who would rather have everybody say you're an adult, a sober adult in the room rather than exercise the power that the founders gave you in the Constitution, which is the power of the purse, to tell the executive, this is what you do or you don't get the money. But these cowards don't do that. Think about it. That's the only power they have. They go to the executive and go, here's the deal. You want the money? Secure the border. You want the money? You put Ukraine funding out of this bill or you don't get the money. And we don't care what people say. I don't give a damn what David Muir says. I don't care what Nora O'Donnell says. I don't care what some uh, conservative on on talk radio says. I don't care. I'm going to save this country. So if you want the money, here's the power we have in Congress. You do what we want you to do. Or you don't get the money. It's very simple. It's very simple when you think about it. This uh, McCarthy refused to do that, refused to do that, which is why he's gone. Good riddance. And next week, when Jim Jordan's speaker or Steve Scalise, everybody can thank me. All the people who are mocking me today and making all the little, you know, side snippy comments on talk radio. And you know who you are. You can thank me next week. It doesn't matter to me. Believe me, I got thick skin. All your little snippy comments today and last night. I heard them. Believe me, I know who you are. It's okay. It's all right. Next week, you can. We'll pretend like it never happened. It's all right. I don't forget. I never forget. But it's all right. It's the Italian in me. And revenge is the dish best served cold. So I've got plenty of time. But this is a great example of the great lie that's being told in America right now. Just in order for the government to continue spying on you and uh, to beefing itself up and getting more and more money and ramping itself up and having more control over the American people, it is scaring everybody by going, ooh, look, domestic extremists lurking behind every corner. It's the same crap they did after 9-11. To grow the government, to grow the Department of Homeland Security and the deep state, to start spying on our phone calls. Remember they used to do that, the metadata gathering, listening to our phone calls, reading your emails, all that stuff, under the guise of, well, you don't want to get blown up by a Middle Eastern terrorist now, do you? Well, now it's, you don't want to get attacked by a right-wing MAGA conservative now, do you? It's the same crap. We uh, gave up so much of our liberty and shredded the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution and the Fifth Amendment and the Sixth Amendment uh, in order to uh, have us kept safe from terrorists. Suddenly the terrorists became you and me, just like I told you they would years ago. Years ago on the radio, back again when it wasn't popular, when many conservatives, the same people today screaming about Kevin McCarthy, how how the Marxists destroyed him, back then those same conservatives... We're all justifying the government spying on you. You know that, right? You remember that. They were all justifying it. I mean, there's there's all kinds of videos and, and, and audio clips. If you don't believe me, go on, go check. People back then justifying the spying on you by the government of the United States of America under the guise of, what, do you want to get blown up by a terrorist, Rich? And then what happened? 
Barack Obama's president, and then everybody finds out about it, and people get mad. The tide turns, the political wind turns. Suddenly, they're all against it now. Suddenly, now it's a big invasion of the Fourth Amendment. The guys who were against it from day one, the Ron Pauls of the world, the Rand Pauls of the world, the Scott Garretts of the world, the Mies of the world, we were few. We were, we were the minority. And you remember, if you were with me back then, this is the only army's incredibly strong, and you've got a great memory, too. And I said to you back then, every time we cede our liberty to the government under the guise of keeping us safe, they will take whatever power we give them, they will weaponize it and use it for political purposes. I remember the first time I said that. One of my earliest Zioli axioms was back when we were at our old studio on 4th and Market. Hell, it might have been back when we were in Balakin, to be honest with you. And that was a long time ago. That was uh, 12 years ago. And I was, I remember, I was in the minority back then, arguing with people about why the government should not be allowed to just spy on you, put people on no-fly list without due process. I, I used to argue with conservatives about civil forfeiture, why the government can't just take your car and your money without at least even so much as arresting you for a crime, but they should have to find you guilty of a crime. And people go, yeah, but they're drug dealers. We know they're guilty. We know they're guilty? We just know this? Yeah, well, they're guilty. Why do they have all the money? Because it's legal to have money? It's not a crime to have money? Well, they're obviously drug dealers. Take their money. This is the way conservatives thought. A lot of them, anyway. Well, now, um, what we've seen as a result of this now is that the conservatives who at one time justified the government stealing your property under the guise of civil asset forfeiture, because you might be a terrorist or a drug dealer, spying on you under the guise of, of, of uh, maybe a Middle Eastern terrorist might kill you. Now you're the terrorist, and now the FBI is looking into you. But they don't have domestic violent extremism cases, so they have to make them up. They don't have enough. It's a fugazi. They don't have enough, so they got to make it all up. And that's what they're doing. The challenge for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters. Of Trump supporters. Why is that? Why is that? Hmm. Why is that? I know why, because they don't want the guy to win. Because the guy will actually go in there, and he's going to take a cudgel to the deep state, he's going to go into the bureaucracy, and he's going to shred the bureaucracy, and he's going to hold these people accountable, and he's going to go with the project the Heritage Foundation and other conservative groups are leading, which is to turn the government on its head and make the executive branch accountable to the people. So as part of their efforts to stop him from winning, one of the other things they want to do is they want to turn around and say, hey, you don't want to be a terrorist, do you? So don't support this guy. They're not just going after him. They're going after you. That's why when Trump says they're going after you, I'm just standing in the way. He's not wrong. This Newsweek article proves that. The official said that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism in any repeat of January 6, 2021. But the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, speak freely and protest the government. By focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA, Supporters, the official said, the Bureau runs the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to counter. I've told you that January 6th is the high holy day of the left, right? The high holy day of the left. And every day is January 6th in this country. That's the way they want it to be anyway. Every day is January 6th. 
And so by perpetuating this lie that any moment now, another insurrection is going to break out, just like at any moment now, a Middle Eastern terrorist is going to blow you up, they can justify bigger budgets, more spying on you, more shredding of the Constitution, under the guise of keeping you safe. Right. See, if only those pesky Middle Easterners were still around, right? It'd be so much easier. We had the Russians, but eh, it didn't really work out so much, right? I mean, the Russians were trying to take over our country. That was a big fugazi. So they just figured, let's make it easy. Now it's you. Hey, you with the MAGA hat. You're the terrorist now. Congratulations. Quote, especially at a time when the White House is facing congressional Republican opposition claiming that the Biden administration has weaponized the bureau against the right wing, it has to tread very carefully, says the official. Tread very carefully? How about just follow the freaking Constitution? How about just follow the Constitution? And unless you have actual reason to suspect a person, you don't profile groups. I thought we don't profile in this country anymore. Unless you have reason to suspect a specific individual, in which case then you go to a judge, you make your case. The warrant has to be very specific because we don't have general warrants in this country and you get a warrant. How about that? How about that? You know, the Constitution's the rule book. It's the playbook. Just follow it. It's not that complicated. But they don't want to. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in the Constitution. And mark my words, if the left gets their way in this country, the Constitution will cease to exist. Remember years ago when I told you it's not about Confederate generals? It won't stop there. It will go all the way to the founding fathers. What is New York doing right now? Taking down statues of who? Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, their slave owners, and therefore all the documents that they wrote also have to be destroyed because how can you follow a document written by a slave owner? Those documents being the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the guardrails are gone. The left can do whatever it wants. And the left doesn't believe in civil liberties. It pretends to. It really doesn't. If the left believed in civil liberties, the ACLU would be up to its ears in defending the January 6th uh, defendants. But they don't even give a damn. They don't even bother. They're too busy worried about making sure that someone who said something offensive on a college campus is thrown off campus versus defending that person's free speech rights. No, if the left cared about civil liberties, you would have lawyers pro bono right now fighting like hell to make sure that each and every person charged with an insurrection on January 6th had access to legal counsel, and was getting the absolute best defense they could possibly have. These people are left to rot. The left doesn't care about civil liberties. They never have. They never have. The only reason why the ACLU ever went and tried to defend the Muslims on the no-fly list is because they were Muslims. That's it. See, I defended people on the no-fly list because they were American citizens. I didn't give a damn about their religion. It's the same reason why I criticized the government for spying on mosques. Because we have religious liberty in this country. <clears throat> the ACLU only cared about the government spying on mosques because they were Muslims. The ACLU didn't raise a, a single iota of protest when Merrick Garland issued his letter targeting Catholics. You remember that? Garland comes out and says, if you're a Catholic, you go to mass, you speak in Latin, and uh, you, know, you go every week, you might be a domestic terrorist. I didn't hear the ACLU say a damn word about that. They don't care about civil liberties. They care about their target little victim groups, and that's all they give a damn about. And if one of their target victim groups says something happened to them, then they scream. Otherwise, they don't give a damn. They could care less. 
So now, Newsweek spoke to over a dozen current or former government officials who specialize in terrorism in a three-month investigation to understand the current domestic security landscape and to evaluate what President Joe Biden's administration is doing about it, what it calls domestic terrorism. Where is this domestic terrorism? Where the hell is it? It's the Jesse Smollett of government priorities. It's a fugazi. It doesn't exist. There is no domestic terrorism. I'm not saying there's not like 12 nuts, you know, living in a, in a, in a tent in Montana somewhere or a town in Montana who talk about taking over the government one day, but they're not going to do anything about it. I'm not saying that there's not some guy right now driving around angry as hell about the government, wishing he could lead a revolution. But guess what? He's not going to. I'm not arguing that there aren't people in this country who are racist or white supremacists or hate people, but they're not leading the the KKK like the Democrat Party did for decades in this country, terrorizing black people and burning down churches and and lynching people like the Democrat Party did for decades with their militarized wing of the Democrat Party known as the Ku Klux Klan. I'm not saying that that's actually happening. But I'm also not dismissing the fact that there are people that drive around calling people the N-word or, you know, going on about those Italians. Are they organized? Are they actually doing domestic terrorism? No, of course not. You know that and I know that. But some jackass posts something on social media and then the government turns around and goes, you see? You see what's happening now? We got to crack down on this. Otherwise, it's going to be another insurrection. You What? Newsweek has also reviewed secret FBI and Department of Homeland Security data that track incidents, threats, investigations, and cases to try to build a better picture. While experts agree that the current partisan environment is charged and uniquely dangerous, with the threat not only of violence, but in the most extreme scenarios, possibly civil war, many also question whether terrorism is the most effective way to describe the problem, or that the methods of counterterrorism developed over the past decade in response to Al-Qaeda and other Islamist groups constitute the most fruitful way to craft domestic solutions. Civil war. Let me ask you a question. This civil war that uh, is about to break out any moment now in the United States, do people pause what they're watching on Netflix, you think? Or do they just, they just call it a day and fight the civil war and then figure they just start fresh? What do you, how does that work exactly? I think the average American right now is going to Costco and just trying to save money as they're thinking about this, the next civil war in the United States of America. One of the most absurd and idiotic things is the idea that there's going to be another civil war. Think about that now. A civil war. The civil war, the second one anyway, the first one was the Revolutionary War, of course, obviously, as you know. The second one being the civil war after the, the, uh, the South, you know, that whole little thing with slavery and whatnot. Sorry, Road Warrior, that was for you. Um, geographically, those were... States that were different, different economic systems, and obviously the Confederate States of America, the first iteration of the progressive left in America. As I've told you, a direct line from the Confederate States of America to destroy the country, destroy the republic, destroy the Constitution, destroy individual liberty, destroy the Second Amendment, and by the way, also to institute the first taxation, directly to Woodrow Wilson, the worst president in the history of America, a racist, an anti-Semite, a segregationist, to... FDR, the hero of the left, an anti-Semite who turned the boats around when Jews were trying to come here to flee Adolf Hitler, but expanded radically the federal government to Lyndon Johnson with his, uh, his, his great society and his campaign to try to win the black vote for the Democrat Party. 
all the way up to Barack Obama. And if you like your doctor, you keep your doctor to this idiot in the White House now who has no idea what freaking day it is. Where's this civil war coming from, out of curiosity? You know, like, fight the guy next door to you as a hate has no home here sign in his house? But again, this is, this is the lie that they tell. This is the lie that they tell all the time, which is that it's coming. Domestic violent extremism is coming. It's persistent, evolving, and deadly, the FBI says. Persistent, evolving, and deadly. Where? Where the hell is this? Where are these people? I'd like to know. Seriously, are they the ones getting the Wawa pizza, which is fresh? And apparently tastes great. Available from 4 p.m. till uh, 2 a.m. Where, where the hell are these domestic violent extremists? I keep asking. Anti-government or anti-authority violent extremism is one category of domestic terrorism, as well as one of the FBI's top threat priorities. We are committing to protecting the safety and constitutional rights of all Americans and will never open an investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. But they know damn well that if you are MAGA or you support Trump, or you say things like, take our country back, or maybe you fly a Betsy Ross flag like somebody I know, me, or maybe you fly the Gadsden flag every 4th of July, you know, don't tread on me, baby. You might be a domestic violent extremist. You might be a terrorist. So now, now they're targeting you. They're profiling you. Biden's Homeland Security Advisor, Liz Sherward-Randall, never a good sign, by the way, the hyphenated last name. The use of violence to pursue political ends is a profound threat to our public safety and national security. It is a threat to our national identity, our values, our norms, our rule of law, our democracy. but, but, But where is any of that happening? Where is the use of violence to pursue political ends happening? Where? Where? Explain this to me. Where? Attorney General Merrick Garland said attacks by domestic terrorists are attacks on all of us collectively aimed at rendering the fabric of our democracy society and driving us apart. Where are the attacks by domestic terrorists? Am I missing something? I mean, I think I try to follow the news. Granted, I don't show prep ever and I don't really pay attention to the news. I don't know a damn thing about history. I've never read the Constitution. And all I know is that Taylor Swift and uh, Trevor uh, Noah, what's his name? Kelsey, Travis right. Kelsey. Right. Thank you. That's all I care about. But where are all these cases? DeSantis, you do the prep for the show. Where, where are all the uh, domestic violent extremism cases? I haven't seen them. Why don't you do anything? You do nothing. <laughs> I, I read like uh, about, I'm not even exaggerating, probably like uh, two dozen news sources every single night. Uh, they're, they're not there. Well, based on this article, you should have nothing that you nothing in my show sheet that I open up every day at 2.59 p.m. Nothing in that show sheet should be anything except stories about domestic violent extremism. I'll try to appease you tomorrow. I'll, I'll look specifically for those stories. The FBI and DHS concludes sociopolitical developments such as narratives of fraud in the recent general election. Narratives, get it? Free speech. You can't say the election was stolen. I mean, you could say Russia stole the 2016 election. You're allowed to do that. In fact, you should do that. And that's obviously in current law. But narratives of fraud, that is an example of domestic violent extremism now. Got it? The emboldening impact of the violent breach of the U.S. Capitol, conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, and conspiracy theories promoting violence will almost certainly spur some domestic terrorists to try to engage in violence. Uh, you know what conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic mean? 
It means people said, I'm furious with the government telling me what to do, locking me in my home, destroying my business, taking away my liberty and my bodily autonomy, and I'm never going to let them do it again. The government doesn't like that. See, the government doesn't like you telling them no. Conspiracy theories promoting violence. What, 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 what conspiracy theories actually like promoting violence? Like, like the conspiracy theory that COVID-19 came from a lab in China and not from an undercooked bat burger with a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli. Like those kind of conspiracy theories that we know are true. The threats listed in the paragraph were all clearly associated with America's right and in particular with Trump's MAGA supporters. Right after January 6th, the left's high holy day, the FBI co-authored a restricted report entitled Domestic Violent Extremists Emboldened in the Aftermath of Capital Breach, Elevated Domestic Terrorism Threat of Violence Likely Amid Political Transitions and Beyond, in which it shifted shifted the definition of agave, which I always thought was a wonderful sweetener for tequila beverages, but actually stands for anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremism. From the furtherance of ideological agendas to the furtherance of political and or social agendas. For the first time, such groups could be so labeled because of their politics. January 6, 2001 was two and three quarters of a year ago. How many um, attacks, political attacks that we had in this country since then, out of curiosity? Oh, none? Yeah, I didn't think so. But you see now what they did is that they used that day, just like I told you they would on January 7th. So I remember this. I was in mornings back then. On January 7th, I said, because of this, mark my words, the government now is going to take this event and they are going to use it to destroy our liberty and further profile us and further spy on us. And I was exactly right because I'm usually right about these things. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying your time is well spent. It's a good investment of your time because I'm usually right about this stuff. So now they are able to target you based on your political agenda. For the first time in American history, such groups could be so labeled because of their politics as anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists. It was a subtle change, little noticed, by, but a gigantic departure for the Bureau. Trump and his army of supporters, by the way, Zioli Army, get your Zioli Army shirt. I mean, they probably profile you for wearing it, but screw them, who cares? Really, get it. Go to the 1210 WPHC website and buy a Zioli Army shirt. Let them uh, look at that and go, ooh, Army, ooh. Trump and his army of supporters were acknowledged as a distinct category of domestic violent extremists. That's 81 million people who voted for President Trump in the last election. 81 million people are a category of domestic violent extremists? Who the hell's pushing the Civil War idea here? Not me. Sounds like they are. They're literally saying that half the country are domestic violent extremists. You see what the government's doing? You see how the left likes to divide us and have us at at our throats, at each other's throats all the time? You see what they do? Where the FBI sees threats is also plain from the way it categorizes them, a system which on the surface is designed to appear nonpartisan. This shifted subtly days after the events of January 6th when it comes to what the Bureau calls agave. We cannot and do not investigate ideology, but we focus on individuals who commit or intend to commit violence or criminal activity that constitutes a federal crime or poses a threat to national security. But the FBI went further in October 2022 when it created a new subcategory, which I will tell you about 
upon my return. Don't go away. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Great music today, Henry. Well done. Well done. This week's flying by. Uh, I went super long there in the first segment, so this is going to be a shorter segment. And then uh, I also got to turn it over to the guys at the ballpark a little bit. It's Red October, baby. But look, uh, the government, your government, you are the terrorist now. You are you are the terrorist. Okay? Remember this. And it's okay. Listen, I forgive you. If you ever at one point in your life defended the government crushing the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, under the guise of keeping you safe from, you know, some Middle Eastern terrorist in a cave, I understand. I forgive you. It's okay. You should have listened to me back then, but it's all right. I forgive. The government says we cannot and do not investigate ideology, said a senior FBI official. We focus on individuals who commit or intend to commit violence or criminal activity that constitutes a federal crime or poses a threat to national security. But the FBI went further in October 2022, and it created a new subcategory, Agave Other, of those who are a threat but do not fit into its anarchist, militia, or sovereign citizen groups. Introduced without any announcement and reported here for the first time, this new classification is officially defined as domestic violent extremists who cite anti-government or anti-authority motivations for violence or criminal activity not otherwise defined, such as individuals motivated by a desire to commit violence against those with a real or perceived association with a specific political party or faction of a specific political party. What does that word salad mean? It means that based on your words and your beliefs, you could want to commit violence or terrorism and overthrow the government. Therefore, they have the ability now to spy on you and look at you as a potential threat. So like I texted a buddy of mine today, you know, as I'm dealing with the sale of my home, I got to deal with uh, closing permits. I hate permits. I hate the very notion of it. The idea that I got to get somebody to come in, you know, and pay off. I got to pay some official. You got to look at I, I can't stand it. I know you may disagree with me on this point, but I'm I don't want I don't need government. I really there's very few things I really think government is it has a purpose to do. And busting my chops over my kitchen is not one of them, in my opinion. Anyway, the point is, though, that I, I texted my friend and I said, I hate the government. Now, does that make me on their? Does that put me on their watch list? Sure. Why not? I hate the government. I just said it. Am I an anarchist? Most libertarians probably would be considered anarchists, according to this little government little breakdown here. You know, they, they, they have very few uses for the government, very few uses for government and think most of it is just a, a an absolute oppression of, of the American people. Busting chops for no reason. Like, I, like I think the Board of Health is stupid. I, I don't think you need a Board of Health. I really don't. I think the, the, the Board of Health is a joke. It's a false sense of security, and the marketplace can handle it. But for that reason, I probably am on a list. You know what I mean? I bust the chops about the TSA because they still grope you, and you can't bring a bottle of water on, and, you know, they're a bunch of wannabe mall security cops. That probably puts me on a list, too, I guess. What other names could we use, asked one FBI official who spoke with Newsweek and who defends what he says is merely a record-keeping change in response to congressional pressure to track things better. Obviously, if Democratic Party supporters resort to violence, it would apply to them as well. But 
They don't. It's MAGA. So it's 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 MAGA extremists. Anarchist violent extremists, militia violent extremists, sovereign citizen violent extremists, and other violent extremists, some of whom are motivated by a desire to harm those with a real or perceived association with a political party or faction. But remember, you don't have to commit the violence. This is this is the, the thinking, it's thought crimes. It's thought crimes that they're using here. All right. <clears throat> We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to check in with our friends down at Citizens Bank Park. I'll have more on this for you tomorrow. The latest on the speaker fight. We'll give you all that as well. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. So it's Red October again. We're going to kick it off to our buddies at the ballpark in just a few minutes. Dan Borowski and uh, Anthony Dorenzo. Turn it over to them at the big Phillies block party. Great game last night. Fired up. Got my Red October on again tonight. Fired up. Fired up, baby. Uh, Regarding the whole speaker fight, you know what occurred to me last night? As I was listening to a lot of people who were screaming and screaming about these Republicans who joined Democrats to take out Kevin McCarthy, how come Republicans are never screamed at when they join Democrats for the perpetual funding of this Ukraine nonsense? How come when they when they join with Democrats for a continuing resolution that gives Ukraine everything it needs and gives our border nothing? Those Republicans are not screamed at by conservative hosts on talk radio. You would think that these these what are the seven, eight people that that uh, voted against McCarthy last night? You would think that they were the the absolute ultimate incarnation of evil because they sided with Democrats and used the Democrats to get rid of McCarthy. But what I don't understand is that they, they side with Democrats all the time. Republicans side with Democrats all the time. It's why it's why we've given Ukraine one hundred twenty five billion dollars with no end in sight. It, it's why the border is wide open and we're not making demands that the president of the United States do something about it in exchange for what the Congress has, which is the power of the purse. So, so explain to me, explain to me how it is that we can we can we can turn around and destroy these 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 Republicans, but not the ones who side with the Democrats and give the Democrats everything that they want all the time. See, that that to me says everything you need to know about the state of the swamp. It really does. The state of the swamp. You know, you have all these people, people that I respect, like Chip Roy and others, you know, going nuclear against Matt Gates. And I, I get it. There's a lot of anger. And Matt Gates may not be the most popular guy. I don't know the guy personally. I can't say much. But the Republican Party will be fine without Kevin McCarthy. I mean, they're going to have a new speaker. It's not going to be a Democrat. It's, it's not going to be Hakeem Jeffries. It's not going to be AOC. But when Hakeem Jeffries and AOC and, and all these other kooks vote on all this crazy stuff and Republicans join in with them, I don't hear a lot of Republicans screaming about that. That's that's bipartisanship. That's that's the way it has to be. That's how everybody has to get along and blah, blah, blah. And I think we're all tired of it. We're all sick of it. What we want is we want Republicans to hold the line and say, we got the power of the purse. And if we don't get these things in response and yeah, you're not getting the money. What the hell do you have a Congress for? Everybody who was last night talking about, oh, well, the dysfunction, the Congress will not be able to function. It's not functioning now. You know, the founders created a system with three distinct branches of government, one of them being the legislative branch. This was to be the most powerful branch. And they have the purse strings. They have the purse strings. And yet these guys don't use it. They just write checks. They just give money to whatever the uniparty wants, hoping that at some point they'll get their big consulting contracts and everything else. 
Donald Trump is in court again today. You know, Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, did not allow a jury trial. Did you know that? She checked the box saying that it had to be a judge trial. So when the, pres- the former president turns around and says that he was denied the right to a jury trial, he's uh, exactly right. He's exactly right. He was denied a right of a jury trial, which is embedded in the United States Constitution. Now, I understand this is a civil trial, not a criminal trial. But at the same time, the, the, the principle of a jury trial is incredibly important. Incredibly important. And so I think that the former president is getting screwed over again by this radical kook judge. I really do. And I think that this guy is a major, major problem, a major problem and needs to go. I think he's one of the absolute worst. He really is one of the absolute worst. I hope that the the former president prevails in all this. But I know one thing, and that is that he's prevailing politically. Oh, he really is. He's prevailing politically. There are people who have said enough is enough with this crap. They can't take it anymore. You know that um, when Trump got elected president, there was a book. I forget the name of it now that came out back then. And it was all about how the Republican Party basically fell apart and how Trump was able to win the nomination against all these establishment guys. These establishment guys who were out there, Paul Ryan and John Boehner and others, and how Trump was a rejection of all that. The Bushes, the Cheneys, all of that. In my opinion, what you saw happen yesterday with McCarthy was was another iteration of that, of people saying enough is enough. Enough is enough, and we can't take it anymore, and, and we're tired of it, and we're done with it. We're done with it. We're tired of it. Enough is enough. That's how I view it. That's how I view what happened. This is a little bit of the former president today who was uh, obviously in court again without a jury trial. It's outrageous what they're doing to this man, is it not? Hang on one second. One, one second here. We got a little audio difficulty here. Let's let's get it right. Okay, there we go. Let's try it again. The witch hunt. There we go. This witch hunt that's going on using statute 6312, which is a consumer fraud statute, which may be unconstitutional. Doesn't allow me a jury, doesn't allow me anything. We have a prosecutor, Letitia James, who's incompetent. What she's doing to our state, forcing companies out by the thousands, forcing people out, forcing companies out by the thousands, while crime and violent crime in particular runs rampant. So this witch hunt does not allow me to do it. A lot of people say, oh, that can't be possible. Somebody didn't check a box. There's nothing to do with it. Under 6312, you are not entitled to a jury. It's the first time it's ever been used for a purpose like this. It's never been used. They used it on me, the former president, the leading candidate. I'm leading Joe Biden by a lot, which is probably why this is all happening. Not probably, but it's definitely. They're coordinating with Washington. 100%. But without that, none of these cases would be going on. They've weaponized justice in our country. This trial is a disgrace. Never happened. A thing like this has never happened before. And just simply, I put in financial statements with a disclaimer. In other words, don't even bother reading them to the banks. I borrowed money on very under leverage. Borrowed money on a building or something. Make a different thing. I borrowed the money. 
you know, and the other part about this, too, is these bailiffs all love standing in the camera. Do you notice that? They love standing in the camera. All right, look, it's Red October. We're fired up for the game. We're going to turn it over to our buddies down at the ballpark tonight, Big Dan and Anthony Dorenzo. These guys are the men, and I'm, I'm fired up to talk to them and fired up to find out what's going on down there. It makes me very, very happy. And if you are not listening to their podcast, you really should. It's called The Other Side with Dan and Dorenzo. Gentlemen... And like I said last night, I use that term loosely. What is the scene like tonight for game two of Red October? 1210 WPHT, Dan Borowski here sitting outside the ballpark on Citizens Bank Way as we prepare for wild card game two with Anthony Dorenzo from the other side. Anthony, how you doing, man? Uh, I couldn't be better. Couldn't be better, especially after last night, man. My Uh, God. A great block party again every time before the Phillies game. And someone we uh, ran into, I'm going to play back a little bit of that. Uh, You have food trucks out here. You have a Ferris wheel. You have a live band. And you have none other than the Philly captain. The Philly cap is a icon here in Philadelphia. And uh, he actually sat down with us for 20 plus minutes. And I'll tell you how to get that afterwards. But why don't you take a listen to uh, what Philly captain had to say before the game today. The cap, Philly captain. What's up, brother? How Here we are, boys. <laughs> yes. Another postseason. I felt like we started talking this time last year. Yes, sir. That's where we started our wonderful, fantastic friendship. Yeah. And now here we are. Just an easy day today. Just going to clinch a playoff series. Yep. Yep. Go on, beat the Braves. No big deal. So it's just one step in the process. What time were you out here beginning? Today? Yeah. Uh, I got here about an hour ago. Okay. I'm not that crazy. All right. uh, you know, I get here when all the fun starts <laughs> so, happening. So, so right when you get in, do you go straight to the bullpen and start your... Uh... I, what I do is there's a kid who works for the Phillies team store. His name is Luke. And he is like my favorite human being in the world. And I go into the store and I get him to predict who's going to hit a home run. And I usually get that for my YouTube video every night. And so I say hi to him. And then usually I go to the bullpen. But tonight I don't heckle. I Tonight... What I do is I yell at Aaron Nolan before every start, <laughs> and I say, I got bad news for the opponent. Huh? How confident are you feeling in Nolan? I wouldn't have anybody else pitch for me yeah, right now. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Let's go. Yeah, well, you, you, you don't. You want a guy with playoff experience? <laughs> Sorry about spitting on you. Check. He does that. You want a guy who, 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 who whose last start was pretty good? Check. He's done that. It's a no-brainer. It's a win. It's yeah. a win already. I don't, like I said, it's embarrassing that we have to buy tickets today. It's a waste of money. I think we should uh, get in for I don't know. It's it's exciting, though. What's your channel? I the Philly Captain on YouTube. Yep. The Philly Captain on Instagram. The Philly Captain on TikTok. Dude, don't man. really download TikTok. It's a, it's, a, it's a Chinese tool to spy on us good citizens. <laughs> I'm the guy who filmed the alligator the yep. other day. Yep, yep. Uh, I touched it. Yo, I t- oh would you touch God. it? Yeah. I don't know if I would. Wally the alligator? You would touch you touch him? him? No, I'd be hesitant. I'd be hesitant to do it. You just went right in and like grabbed him and played with the alligator. Yo, I don't think that guy. <laughs> had, uh, tell me about the owner. Was the owner like normal or was he some crazy guy? Trying well, to he's a alligator? crazy reptile guy. Okay, right? okay. like if yeah. you ever see Tiger Kingdom, animal people yeah. are nuts. We yeah. can all agree they're a special breed of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the cop, a cop comes up to alligator <laughs> guy and goes, over here with an alligator he, goes he goes, yo, you got a permit for this thing. The cop goes, you got a permit for this thing. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, it's in my car. So then he starts carrying the alligator to his car and they put him in the back seat. And the cop goes, yo, let me see that permit. And the guy goes, oh, it's not in this car. It's in the other car. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's smuggling no, alligators he around the front. <laughs> he had no proof. He just drove off. 
What's your biggest prediction? Obviously, I know you're confident tonight. But if they do win here, move on to the next rounds moving forward, do you think this really gives them the spark to run to the World Series? Do they look better to you oh, than dude, they did I last year? I want to beat the Braves in the worst way, right? <laughs> I agree. Like, like, I agree. Yo, last time they were doing the bird flapping. Yep, yep, yep. They, and they won every game. They won three or four games in that last series. Yeah. They were, all those games we were out of it, we came back, made it competitive, we kind of little blunders. We don't make blunders in the playoffs. Well, we do get no hit in the World Series, but we don't make blunders <laughs> in the playoffs. Well, listen, let me get in there. I got a baseball yes, game Cap, to watch. Please go, man. And one more time, your YouTube channel. Philly Captain, hit like and subscribe. Thank you again to Philly Cap for stopping by. 1210 WPHD live outside the ballpark, Citizens Bank Park. We spoke with Philly Captain earlier. Anthony, where can you find that entire uh, interview? You can look up the other side with Dan and Dorenzo on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Just look it up in your phone. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you will find that. And subscribe. Uh, please rate. Helps us out a lot. And uh, send to a friend if you can. A great time out here at the block party before the game. Wild, wild card game two of the Philadelphia Phillies, man. Uh, I, I, we're streaming live, youtube.com slash at 12thmwphd. We plan to be here for every game in the playoffs, every home game. Uh, let's make this work, man. Uh, but until then, we'll check back in here at 7.30 from the ballpark. Uh, until then, 12thmwphd, Dan Borowski signing out. Rich Scioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, and on the free Odyssey app.